Hello? Oh, my God. <laughs> okay. We are in it the is house. It is happening right now. <laughs> my dreams are coming true. <laughs> so, hey, Michaela. Yes, so happy to be here today. Me too, me too. Um, excuse me while I literally have a frozen cucumber rubbing on my face like that TikTok. Yeah, yeah, you do you, boo. It feels amazing. That oatmeal is amazing. The whole deal, the whole deal. I've been thinking like self-care and I think we think about like you know, buy yourself something, go get your nails done, do things like that. And I think we're missing an opportunity, you know, to just like in home, you do it for yourself, by yourself. Yeah, there's something for me about simplicity. And, and like, you know, I love the earth. And I know that you love the earth. And (laughs) just breaking it down simple. And using, you know, consuming from the earth, but also not in a way that's like damaging to the earth, right. if that makes sense. So totally. I'm there with you. Um, and can I share with everyone what you sent me on Snapchat? Please, yes. So Sam sent me this beautiful video of her with this natural face mask that I'm totally going to try. And it, correct me if I'm wrong, was oats with honey. So just two ingredients. And I've tried honey on my face before, and that's amazing. I've tried like honey and turmeric, but I've never tried oats. So Uh, I'm going to try that. Uh, yeah, the oats, I find like it dries and it makes it feel really, really tight or taut, you know, if you want to be proper. Um, (laughs) but there's also a really like cooling, um, nourishing and like a drink for your skin too in it. Mm -hmm. And, um, and to be honest, my, you at, it's two tablespoons oats, two tablespoons water, and then a a teaspoon of honey and you just kind of blend up the oats make it so you can spread it on your face but when I I use a like tea temperature water and I'll have steeped like lavender and chamomile in that water and then use that in the mask stop Um, I do and listen girl this in the Chinese zodiac it's water tiger year And it was basically saying, like, get in touch of luxury. And what Mm -hmm. I noticed is my mind, when I think of luxury, it's not really that expensive. It's like going over, like, when I made French toast, I, like, sprinkled the, put fresh berries on it. Like, I've just been extra, dude. (laughs) If I can take it a step further, I do. So Yeah, no. I, I completely agree with you. And I, I don't know much about the tiger lily. Is that what you said? Water tiger. Okay, the water tiger. But <laughs> I will say this, that I have been doing a lot more self-care and like soaks in the tub with me being pregnant. 
And yes. even just like body work, like laying on the floor and breathing into areas of my body that are tight or that are hold storing emotions, you know, that I can oh. feel that are painful. And when I do that and allow myself that time for self-care, it's almost like magical. Like this year I've noticed more than any other year of like attracting my desires into my world. It's like a dream world. So the more that I treat myself, the more that like my dreams come into my reality. As cheesy as that sounds. No, 100%. And like I said, I feel like the difference of this year is that it's a much more grounded needs over wants and knowing the difference of like when you can afford to take rest and when you actually, you can't afford it right now, but if you just get all of this done, then you can. Like a balance of knowing when to do that So you don't get stuck in a rut because I think we can both agree. There are times where I will over label resting to me being honestly lazy, like sitting around all day and not creating or doing anything just, but you know what I'm saying? There's a balance there. Yeah. For me, it's just, um, and maybe, you know, maybe this is with my, this pregnancy experience for me, it's just, I feel like I'm so in my body. Like I can't remember a time, a time in my life, um, where I have been so in my body and like consciously aware yes. of, of things that are going on there. And so I feel you on like the resting and the laziness because being pregnant, obviously I rest. (laughs) Um, Yeah, but that's needed. That's needed. Yeah. And, and I can tell, I can like check in with my body consciously and be like, okay, what does my body want? Because there are times even being pregnant where it's like, my body wants to move. Like I want to go for a long walk. Um, Yeah or even working out or just laying in the sun or whatever it is. It's like my body knows. And so just tuning into that and trusting that and then guilt and shame. This is kind of off topic, but like guilt and shame this year has been one of the main themes where I'm like kicking its ass. So anywhere that I see um, guilt or shame pop up in my life, I try to be aware of that and take note of that and be like, okay, fuck that. How do we fuck that? Um, So even like getting outside and working out outside with my body, um, it's been like this, it was a struggle at first because I'm like, I'm pregnant. I live in a small town. My body's changing. And there was like almost like, what if someone sees me like that I've put on weight, which is so silly because I'm pregnant. Um, I don't think you should dismiss those though, because those are fundamental and they're big. Yeah. So I don't think, I think that you should just like say, of course I shouldn't care because you're not alone in that struggle at mm-hmm. all. A hundred percent, which is something that I've also realized. Like once I got myself out of the house, because I was like, okay, this is fear. This is shame. This is guilt. 
I'm getting myself out of the house. And once I made that first like walk, it made it so much easier for the next one. But I noticed like I went for a walk the other day and I took a trash bag with me to pick up trash. And I noticed (laughs) like people driving by and like looking at me and I'm like, yeah, take note motherfuckers. Like (laughs) this is the influence and the ripple effect. Like I'm kicking fear in the ass. But I'm also connecting with the earth and I wasn't doing it in like a, a show off way. No, but, but I did notice like people taking notice and I'm like, this is good. Like this, why my first pregnancy, I like hid in the house and I had all this guilt and shame and I, you know, I was pregnant. So I gained weight, but I just like, I felt so yucky within my body And I was really like just struggling and felt alone. And so this pregnancy, I'm like, especially with, you know, the mother wound and all the things we could get into, but yeah, no, um, I don't know if you, this is how I've always said it about, because I just have Viv. So I've only been pregnant once and I had been around, uh, women that, like were very much more empowered when they were pregnant. Like they glowed, like they had a pregnancy glow. Um, mm-hmm. Like it was just much more of an embrace thing. And that when you got those like childbearing hips, it wasn't so much of a, like your body changed it because what your body changed to do was create life. And that was always a really big thing. So mm-hmm. when you shared that struggle, I was like, Oh my God, it was so eye opening to me. Because I had never even like realized that some women like you and also I was so I lost weight my whole pregnancy. I was so overweight and so unhealthy that my pregnancy did nothing but clean my shit up. So and then to add on to that being pregnant is like uh, to me your subconscious which is your body that's the only time it completely overrides your conscious ego when it comes to deciding things because you are growing life. And for me, that's what it was. And like you, you are boom in your body and there's no getting out of it because that's your subconscious. It can be a beautiful thing. Or if you're not in your body very often and your subconscious is uncomfortable to you, it can be straight torture. Yeah. And 100%. not to mention, like biologically, your hormones are not yours anymore. Like I always use the analogy that pregnancy was literally one of the most magical, beautiful things that I've ever done. But my body was hijacked. Like my conscious took a backseat and I had never experienced that really. Mm-hmm. And where you couldn't not listen to it. Like my body rejected anything that wasn't a soup or a salad Mm -hmm. for nine months. It was like, do not enter, do not pass, go, do not collect $200 unless you are a salad or a soup. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. And I was a food addict where I had never listened to my body a day in my life. I ate myself sick. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I'm not, Mm -hmm. it was what it was. So, but I'm curious on, this is your second round, Michaela. So I am just dying to know, 
we shared that same experience of not loving to be in our body at first, like being uncomfortable Mm -hmm. in it. And shame, I believe, is stored in the body. So that is a total normal thing that when women are in the body, there's tons of shame that pops up. This round for you, how has it been to be able to graciously ask your ego to follow you explicitly, if you will, Mm. to not be shameful and to be in your body this time and not hate it and well you want how you want to get deep here um because this is kind of a a touchy subject it is completely up to you but I'll accidentally go deep all the time so it's up to you and I know I I love um depth I love when it comes from other people and it's hard for me (laughs) When it's coming from me, it's a little harder. Um, so this this pregnancy, well, first of all, with Nixon, that's kind of what like started was the start of my spiritual awakening. It was the start of my divorce. There were deaths. Um, my clairsentient gifts started coming through, like just really weird stuff, all of that. So that kind of, that was a start, (laughs) the icebreaker. Um, And there were obviously things that with any spiritual awakening, like you're just learning, we're human here. And I wasn't aware of generational um, stuff which I know you can feel me on this and, and I, I want to get your input on this too as well. Um, I feel like when you get pregnant, that's what activates those generational karmas. Like the minute you become a mother, you ignite that. Oh yeah, for sure. And I was completely unaware of, you know, shadows or things within my own family that I'm so grateful for. And you know, I believe that I chose and I, I needed all of this. So there's no judgment there. Um, but with that being said, um, uh, I'm trying to let me tune in on like, what is like appropriate for me to share really fast. I think that is for me while you think, Unless it's distracting, tell me your thoughts. No, go ahead. You're good. Um, when I really was blind to the generational trauma I was carrying with me day to day because mm-hmm. I didn't have a reflection of my own creation, a.k.a. my child, like when you become a mother – Because that's when you start to really see, like, first, I tried to be the mother that I needed and I was doing my best. But the day I realized that, no, I need to be the mother I needed to myself, to myself today and be the Mm -hmm. mother that Vivian needs and to take away that like egoic lens of 
living my life through Vivian instead of allowing her to live her own life and me just be there to guide her and keep her safe. Mm -hmm. And that was really big for me. And what the biggest effect I noticed is that simultaneously, do you know how to say that right now? (laughs) At the same time, my relationship with my mother started to heal. Like, and that's where I was like, oh my God, it's happening. Because (laughs) there were times where my mom started to catch on and would be like, okay, so when Vivian is like this, how do you best approach it? Like when Vivian would spend time with her and I would share how I best approach it and then tell her that take like do it with do what you will with this information but she is your granddaughter like it's your guys's relationship mm-hmm. yeah and uh but I thought that was really big like you, generationally like you know my mother and our bloodline and I think that's pretty big to be able to like it's humbling mm-hmm. I guess Mm -hmm. And sometimes humbling can be hard when you're just doing your best. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, there's so many different layers um, and like ways that this can play out with like the mother daughter relationship Um, or just mother and kids, I guess. But when I was thinking about my own experience and like your experience with your mother and what you've shared with me there, um, they're a little bit different they're similar but they're a little bit different and um I just think mothers like if you broaden it out to a collective level this is what I have observed um and it's like it's like the matrix and the patriarchy and there's there's so many different examples that I could throw out there but the image that women have been expected to withhold and to be even and everything that's projected on to mothers of, you know, all the things that they need to do. And it's completely overwhelming. And I think that, you know, the, the biggest like collective wound to heal right now that I think would really help raise a collective energy is that mother wound because that is the divine feminine that is love that is unconditional love and um you know I grew up with a mom who did her best to love us and also be like this rock star so like she taught exercising classes. She was a teacher. She made dinner. And um, she's really proud of herself for that. And I am super lucky to have a mom that, you know, was a great example on how to take care of herself with exercise and all those things. Right, but right. at the same time, it's like she she didn't, it was like so fast that she never had time to slow down and be in tune with, with us, with me on like on a, on the depth level that we all are craving 
And I think that that's something that we're seeing on a collective level right now. I know in the dating world, it's like, it's been this superficial connection and women have been yearning. I think everyone in reality, but like women need that depth. They can't have that superficial um, connection, but we've been taught to hold this standard. And so like for me and within our family, it's been like, okay, take this pill. Like, let's go to the doctor and let's get on medication that will help us give us energy so we can show up so we can, um, you know, stay fit or stay skinny or look this way or whatever. Um, when it really, it's all like this big lie because it stems from the fear of not being good enough and not listening to our bodies and letting other people like get in our heads to where we feel like we have to be someone that we're not and that we have to compete and we have to earn our worth when we are worthy as we are and we it just need to love ourselves you know totally so that was kind of a rant but with this pregnancy it's like I want to shift that and it starts in the womb, you know? And so it's like, I, I'm one body, but I have two souls right now. Totally. And there's technically another body in there, but like, (laughs) I, I already feel like I'm changing, you know what I mean? And like, I'm not the same. Of course. I, I say before you even like the moment of contraception, your body starts changing. Like well before you're consciously aware of it uh, because you are immediately making room to grow life. Oh, and, sure. and uh, you know, the, the feminine collective that we're talking about healing that needs to be healed right now. Um, I couldn't agree more. And I've, when I catch on to something like that, like how I go about it is I look into things like I history basically but it's like a lot of it is her story because it's not the typical stuff that is associated with those times I do look more about like what were women what was the home like like what were they eating how how were they like getting their clothes at this time you know and um it really was before world war one that um, I believe the wound started to become aware and start healing. So this is in like the late 1800s, early 1900s was the first time that women were like, hey, we want to vote. Like if we live in a country, would we'd like to have a say on who what's going on with the government. Mm-hmm. And... Um, So I would say that was like the first time that the feminine like spoke up in as far as like written history, you know what I'm saying? And um, so, and that honestly, I just want to do a different, like a whole podcast on that subject. So I'm going to digress there and just say, I I definitely agree that we're healing a feminine collective wound But what's really empowering is that for me, 
the, if I pay attention, the universe like hand feeds me all of the things I'm going to need to help with that. Like, and to be honest, dude, I've been putting a lot aside, a lot of time aside to move my body and like do Mm -hmm. things that I've collected over the years of different energy movements and breath work with body movement transmuting some of these heavy energies that that are around globally like my hands my head's not in the sand I'm aware that like a lot of shit is going on collectively and I'm in a very blessed safe life right now that I take the time to try to kind of help uh tune into that and like alchemize it like transmute it like move it through And I think that's just as valuable as like lucrative donations and like video content. You know what I'm saying? Oh, that, that is like, so what is needed right now. I, it's what's needed a hundred percent. And that's like the healing power is like the action with the consciousness, putting the time in, um, doing the work you know, and when I first started breath work and thought about even doing breath work, it was like, oh, like I have to like sit on the floor or lay on the floor or whatever and like breathe for 20 minutes. Like that's boring was kind of my oh. attitude. And oh. once I got like I got to this point where it was like I was breathing into certain areas in my body, for example, as of lately, it's been like in between my shoulder blades, which is like where resentment, the upper, upper shoulder blades, like where resentment is held. And if you, if you learn about like energy and energy strands and you understand like this collective energy and how it all intertwines, sometimes it's not even yours. Sometimes it's like an energy cord that's attached to someone else. But once you can like instantly, instantly, like the pain, once I get down and I start breathing into that spot, it's gone. Like I'll get up and like, I will feel like I have a brand new back. When in the past, I would be like, oh, I need a massage and like rely on someone else to like help me out with that pain. Totally. And it wouldn't like totally help. But now it's like, I can do like I can like help myself and it actually like relieves that pain like what but you're not only doing what's that well I was just gonna say like you're not only doing it for yourself it's like that ripple effect yeah it is healing that is energy and that's transmuting low vibrational energy it's being um, aware and like acknowledging shit for what it is, but it's transmuting it. 100%. I love that you shared that when we share stories, like I just can't help but be like, how can this be true? Because I swear it's always like the reverse because I just barely have gotten to the point of Cause I've been doing like yoga and strength training and like uh, physical therapy type movements to help my right shoulder and hip uh, mm-hmm. from a car crash. 
So I've been doing as much as I can for myself by myself because mm -hmm. I really don't like asking someone else to help me do it. I want to do it on my own. <laughs> so I just barely made a, an appointment for a massage for my growth. So it just goes to show that like growth is happening at all times and to try to relate or compare your story to anyone else is just a folly because oh, yeah. like literally like you, you were trying to learn how to do it for yourself and I'm learning how to ask for help and go to like a professional that can like help me work through some like, you know, adjustments basically that I'm sure I need yes. because I never yes. get help. <laughs> Um, okay. I love, love, love that you threw that in there. And I actually love that we can like bounce ideas off of each other because for me, something like codependency yeah. has taken like a theme for, <laughs> it's had its time in my life. So it's like, I'm shifting out of like that code being so codependent. And this kind of goes in like the yin yang, you know? So for me, it's like, what's that? I was going to say, I was just going to say, because I am hyper independent for the mm -hmm. same wound, just the opposite mm -hmm. end of the pendulum. A hundred percent. I love it's that we're talking about this. Yeah. It's not honestly coming from like, girl power I can do it it's literally coming from because I can't I don't trust anyone to help me so I never ask for help that's hyper independent and it's mm -hmm. just the it's almost the narcissist to the codependent you know what I'm saying like I'm not, I had to look into it very deeply to make sure I wasn't a narcissist because I was like wow I am very hyper independent and it's the opposite end of that wound yeah I'm but so what? I go on. I just wanted you to go on with the codependency. Oh, I I think I pretty much said it all. Like it's just yin yang, and that's the thing is like we're not separate. We can like try to disconnect and think that we're independent and we're just in charge of ourselves, and that's that all we want. But like we're all in this together. And everyone wins the same at the end of the day. So like you asking for help when you need it, especially like you trying, you know, and, and doing that work. And it's like, okay, no, no, no. Okay. You're expanding. You're facing your fear of asking for help. Um, and I'm facing my fear of, having to rely on me and be bored and impatient. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Like I'd much rather like have someone give me a massage and like just dote on me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, anyways, that's where that's at. Oh, and don't get me wrong, to be honest, I love massages. To me, it literally is like, spending the money to go and get the service done. And yes. that's a whole like can of a different, another again, podcast that we're going to have to do about that because that's mm -hmm. a whole subject in and of itself. Guilt and shame, baby. Yes. Um, now I do want to, I should have said it when we started, but do you want to do like a little 
intro or anything like that telling about us for this first one or just kind of like go go on and just we share as we share Mm, you know I'm up for anything um whatever you feel what you know I kind of want to just like go you know yeah sometimes we get a little too over explaining of ourselves and it'll catch on I think it's good to keep a little mystery. See ya. Wearing the the hair that's covering my face. Just saying. (laughs) I love it. I freaking love her. But girl, I love you. I must bid adieu. Is this good for you? I think this is a great first start. And to everyone who listens to this, I am sending, and Sam, I know you are too. Peace and blessings. (laughs) Kisses. So much love. I love recording podcasts. Like, I seriously, I love it. It brings me so much joy. So thank you, thank you, thank you for having me on here. And I look forward to doing it again. (laughs) And I'm just so happy that we did this. So, yeah. Me too. Thank you for being here with me. And um, like I said, we'll have other podcasts. So follow the journey, Michaela. I yeah, love you. Okay, I love you. Bye. Bye.